Well, I'm uh, feeling a lot of pressure to do well this morning. <laughs> I don't think I've ever preached with baby Jesus right there in front of me before. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Well, we're definitely in the swing of Christmas, aren't we? Uh, we're uh, surrounded by it all, and certainly I hope that the first thing we think of when we think of Christmas is, of course, the baby Jesus, the gift that God has given us in His Son. But besides Jesus, the tradition second most closely associated with Christmas is probably gift-giving. That's why retailers like it so much. It's why they want to start the Christmas season as early as possible. It's why they're not as uh, thrilled with Thanksgiving because not many people give Thanksgiving presents. They give Christmas presents. But at Christmas we give. And have you ever wondered why that is? Well, I'd like to think it's because God Himself is a giver. And if we want to know what, is, what it is to be truly, really blessed and to be at peace in our lives, we will be givers as well. The text for this morning's message is um, perhaps a bit unusual for a Christmas message, but it's found in Acts chapter 20. The 20th chapter of Acts, we'll look at verses 32 through 35, and this is at the tail end of a message that the Apostle Paul gave to the Ephesian elders in Miletus as he was on his way back to Jerusalem for the last time, I suppose. He would be arrested there and ultimately sent to Rome uh, to stand before Caesar. But he is bidding farewell to the Ephesian elders, not expecting ever to see them again. And he gives them some instruction and then commits them to the Lord. And if you are able, I invite you to stand with me as I read this passage of Scripture for us. <clears throat> Beginning in verse 32, Luke records that the Apostle Paul says, Now... I commit you to God and to the word of His grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak Remembering the words the Lord Jesus Himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you. Please be seated. Paul quotes the Lord Jesus as having said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now this is an interesting quote for a couple of reasons. For one, the Apostle Paul doesn't quote Jesus very much. I. Howard Marshall in his commentary on Acts says, Paul quotes the words of Jesus only rarely. And when he does so, it is to back up some ethical instruction as he does here. So Paul quotes Jesus and we have these words and uh, he does so to 
to support what he's encouraging those Ephesian elders to do, to be generous, to help the weak, and uh, be blessed as a result. The second reason that it's an interesting quote is that these words aren't found anywhere in the Gospels or anywhere else in the New Testament for that matter. We only find them here. We, we would have lost this little nugget to history had not Paul quoted it and Luke in his recording of the book of Acts written it down and preserved it for us. It's a wonderful little nugget of wisdom that we find here. But more important than the quotation and all of the things associated with its background, what's most important is what it says. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now be sure to notice that it is no sin to receive. The way this is phrased indicates that. It is more blessed to give, but it is blessed to receive good things as well. We're not talking about taking, of course. That's different from receiving. There is an implication in Jesus' words that it is blessed to receive, to be given something. We need to be able to receive gifts graciously and gratefully when they are extended to us. Not everyone can do that. In fact, there was one gift that my father could never receive graciously, and that was for someone to pick up the check in a restaurant. He just wouldn't let it happen. He had to do it himself. He would never let me buy a meal for him, or others as well. In fact, uh, he would insist on it so strongly it could get rather awkward because he couldn't receive that gift graciously. He could receive others. I don't know why that was his thing, his pet peeve. He always had to pick up the check, it seemed. But we have to learn to be gracious in receiving gifts. It's important when you are blessed to receive a gift and do it graciously and gratefully, because if you can't, then you will never be able to receive God's best gift, salvation itself. There is a certain humility in accepting a gift graciously, and we have to be able to do that ourselves if we're going to receive God's best gift, Jesus the Lord. And that brings us to the real reason it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's because God is a giver. He is a generous giver. Do you think of God that way, as a giver? If you don't, then you don't really know God. You don't know His character, His spirit, His heart, because He is a giver indeed. God has been giving from the very beginning. The Bible tells us that God created a perfect world, and He gave it to us to inhabit, to enjoy. And we rebelled against God's goodness. We transgressed God's command, and it is our fault that this world is not still the perfect garden that God created and gave to us. It would still be that way if not for our sin and rebellion, but even so, God continues to give. 
God continues to be generous toward us. In the book of Lamentations, the Bible says that God's mercies and compassion are new every morning. Great is His faithfulness. Every morning, God gives us a brand new day. God hands it to us. It's as if God were saying, here's a sunrise to enjoy. Here's some food for your body. Here's air for your lungs. Here is beauty for your eyes and music for your ears. Here's a purpose for your day, a purpose for your life. And if there are any other needs that you, that you uh, run into through the day, you can rely on me. I'll take care of you. God is a giver. And those who are wise enough to recognize it know that He gives and gives and gives to us all day long. More than we deserve. And His best gift ever was given that first Christmas. When the God who so loved the world gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life as a gift from His hand. If you ask me, that's where Christmas giving gets its start. In God's gift to us in His Son Jesus. And I agree with John Ortberg, from whom I got a good bit of this. When he says that when God gave Jesus, God outgave Himself. You've heard it said you can't outgive God. Well, when God gave us Jesus, He outgave Himself. Ortberg says, it is like God set a new record for compassion and generosity. It's like He was so excited about this gift, He couldn't keep quiet about it. Ortberg tells a story about one Christmas when he was a kid, and his dad was really excited about a gift that he had gotten for Ortberg's mother. And uh, it was some kind of a huge pitcher, a, a, a vase of some kind. Ortberg says it was as big as he was at that age. And his dad was really excited about it. He had saved and saved to get it. He was so excited about it that he told the kids. He had to tell someone, so he told the kids. But he told them, it's a secret, don't tell your mother. Well... Because dad was so excited, the kids got excited. Pretty soon, mom knew that something was up. And when she finally asked little John what she was getting, he said, I can't tell you because it's a secret, but it's a picture. <laughs> and Ortberg says, when Jesus was born, it was like the father was so excited. Like he had been anticipating this moment year after year. Generation after generation, century after century, millennium after millennium, until he couldn't contain himself. So he sent a whole sky full of angels, with one to say, Hey, earth, I can't tell you what you're getting because it's a secret, but it's a Savior. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. That First Christmas gift ever given was the best Christmas gift ever given. God gave the gift of a Savior to a world of sinners in desperate need. Like the one who is speaking to you now. Like those folks seated around you now. Like that person who looks back at you from the mirror every morning. 
We all were in desperate need because of our sin for a Savior. And God gave us one. And it was truly and genuinely a gift. It is by His grace that He gives us this Savior. So God is a giver. Are you a giver? You know, when you boil it all down, by and large, there are generally two kinds of people in this world, and you probably could uh, observe the same thing if you thought about it. There are the givers and there are the takers, aren't there? And the takers that I've observed never seem to have enough. They never seem to be happy. They never seem to be at peace or satisfied with their lives. They always think they're being cheated somehow. They always think they're not getting their fair share. They always think they come out on the short end of the stick. Someone has shorted them somewhere. They're always full of grievance and anger because they're takers. On the other hand, those who are generous with what they have those who are always willing to serve and help others and give to others seem to be much more content in their lives. And they always seem to have an abundance, even if in fact they have very little. I can't remember where I read it. It just occurred to me this morning. But some time ago I, I heard about a little church somewhere and there was a family in that church that was desperately poor. They could barely feed themselves. And so surreptitiously, the rest of the church decided that they would gather up uh, an offering and some things and some food and whatnot to bless this family. Well, somehow through the grapevine, this same family discovered that their church was taking up an offering for a poor family, and they came and asked how they could participate, how they could give, how they could contribute. Why? Because they're givers. These are the people who understand what Jesus meant when He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Are you one of those people? Could you describe yourself that way? Would others describe you that way? Ortberg cited some studies that confirm the truth of what Jesus says about it being more blessed to give than to receive. One study of high school students who were reading below grade level were randomly divided into two groups. One group was assigned to help tutor younger children. And the other group didn't have any assignment. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to help or serve. And the students who were in the serving group ended up being 12 times more likely to graduate from high school than the students in the non-serving control group. High school students who were involved in volunteering, helping others, are less likely to drop out, less likely to be involved in substance abuse, less likely candidates for teenage pregnancy, more likely to graduate, more likely to have a higher level of self-esteem, and more likely to go on to college. It is more blessed to give than to receive. And it's not just true for young people, it's true for us old folks too. A study of senior adults showed that those volunteering with school children had a higher level of life satisfaction, a higher level of mental health, less illness, less loneliness, less depression, 
and a lower mortality rate than those who did not serve. Those who give of themselves, live longer, live better, healthier lives than those who don't. Jesus is right, of course, He always is. It is more blessed, more life-giving, more peace-producing to give than to receive. So are you doing that this Christmas? Are you a giver? I'm not talking about giving gadgets and gizmos to friends and relatives who already have more than they need. I mean, doing what Paul exhorted the Ephesian elders to do in this text, helping the weak, as it says in verse 35. Paul was telling them, why he had worked as he had among them, even though elsewhere he, he talks about the right that those who work have to be supported by what they do. He said, I worked with my hands to supply our needs and also so we could help the weak. That's why we do it, he says. By this kind of hard work we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself who said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Again, Howard Marshall in his commentary says, the point in verse 35 is that it is better for a person who can do so to give to help others rather than to amass further wealth for himself. I know a lot of you are doing that already. You've already contributed to missions offerings and other needs that we have or that we've promoted. You've bought gifts for needy children through Operation Christmas Child, you came and you helped pack those cheer packs for the kids in Guatemala. You've given time and resources to help other ministries like Susan's House or Good Sam or Haven of Mercy or Habitat for Humanity, Loaves and Fishes and those kinds of things. You're doing that, many of you. Are there other ways you could be a giver this Christmas and beyond? Because we've all received more blessings than we deserve. We've all been fantastically blessed, brothers and sisters. But are we struggling to hold on to those? Or with open hearts and open hands, are we using them to bless others, being good stewards of them? Ortberg tells a, an old story about how you catch a monkey. You set a, a monkey trap, and what that is is a jar with a narrow opening at the top, and you, you attach it to a rope or some other way, you secure it, and then you put something inside that jar that the monkey wants, like a banana or an orange or an iPhone. <laughs> then the monkey comes along, and it reaches in, and it grabs what's inside, but because it makes a fist to grab it, it can't pull it back out of the jar, and it won't let go of what it has hold of, so the monkey becomes trapped, and, and you can catch the monkey. That's the story, anyway. Ortberg says, apparently in real life, no monkey has ever actually been caught this way. <laughs> he said, monkeys aren't that stupid. <laughs> monkeys aren't that foolish. Monkeys aren't that greedy. But do you know what species it does work with? Yep, it's us. We have a lot of monkey jars in our culture. And we have a lot of things people won't turn loose of, even though those things are keeping them 
from living the genuine life of blessing and peace that Jesus intended, that God created us to live and to enjoy. I'll tell you very quickly of two biblical examples, contrasting examples that illustrate this point. We all know about the, the young man, we, we've traditionally called him the rich young ruler, this wealthy young aristocratic young man who came to Jesus and he was doing everything right, or so he thought. He was trying to secure his spot in heaven with God and have life. And, and he was frustrated because he didn't seem to have it. And Jesus recognized what the man's problem was. When the man asked Jesus, what more must I do? Jesus said, well, go and sell everything you have. Give it to the poor. Then come back, follow me. You'll find life. And the Bible says the young man went away sad because he had much possessions. He was very wealthy. He was holding on to them and he couldn't let them go. And Jesus recognized that's what was keeping him from life. On the other hand, there was another wealthy man, a short man. He was a tax collector. His name was Zacchaeus. And because he was short, as Jesus came by, he climbed up in a tree in order to see Jesus. But that also made it easier for Jesus to see him. And Jesus called him down and went to his house to have a meal with him that night. And, and this tax collector, this reviled government worker, IRS agent, was, was saved as a result. He came to his senses. He recognized who Jesus was, and he wanted to live and, and give his life to Jesus. And so he stood up and pledged before all of them. He said, I'm going to give half of everything I own to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody, I'm going to repay them four times over. Because he recognized the truth of what Jesus was saying. He was able to let go and live. What about you? Do you have your hand in a monkey jar today? Our God is a giver, not a taker. And I invite you to be like him this Christmas and live the blessed life that Jesus gave His life to give us. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, You have blessed us. We are so rich in the, not only the resources of the world around us, but also rich in terms of our lives, our circumstances, our health, our well-being. We know and see on the news every day of people who have no place to go. Bombs falling on their heads. Just struggling to live, to get by. And yet here we are in our security, our safety, our life of blessing. I pray, God, that we would learn the lesson that Jesus taught so long ago, that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Help us to be givers like you this Christmas time. And help us graciously and thankfully to receive the gift that you've given us in your Son, Jesus Christ. It's in his name that we pray these things this morning. Amen. We're going to sing together now.